form. Lots of tyranny around the place here, folks. All you have to do is step out the door and you'll see tyranny upon tyranny upon tyranny. But those of you Aryan Adamites listening to this show, uh, please help spread the word of Christian identity to their friends and relatives. The, the fact is, ladies and gentlemen, that we are winning this battle. The Jews are shooting themselves in the foot. They're are, are <laughs> falling down on their own swords and they don't know it. The world is turning against them. And there's no way they can stop the momentum. The European nation states are challenging the Jew United Nations and the Jew European Union with all of their mandates, illegal mandates. And the farmers are rebelling against the globalist dictatorship. Guten Tag, Bavaria man. And folks, this is all very good news. All very good news. But today we're going to be continuing our theme on lusts of the flesh. we got a couple of really interesting articles that have already been uh, posted in the chat room here. But also, for those of you who want to join us here on StreamYard, you go to StreamYard.com forward slash bloodlines, and that will take you to our chat area on the Bloodlines StreamYard platform. And you can call us, but I would say right off the bat, now, wait until about the second half of the show before any call-ins, and they will be broadcast both on Speak Free Radio and Eurofolk Radio. So, uh, <laughs> Michael, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Eli. Thank you for the for being able to join your show also. And yeah. I agree this with them, that Australia has done toward the Palestinians. That is set open like a door. I thought about that after, poll, after we talked last time, yeah. um, that they shoot themselves in the foot with this because now they are receiving criticism for the Israeli state. And then you can... Right. You can add on more more stuff about the Jews, and you can start to speak about the subject because the Jews don't want you to speak about them. They want to be this like uh, now. They don't want you to speak about them. So this has opened up doors also for me to be able to to reach people. They speak. Oh, look what the Israelis do does to them um, to the uh, to them Palestinians, and then you can start talking about it. We right. can mention that they are Satan's kid, and they are satanic, and the Talmud and all this. So it's yeah. it's a so I agree with that. That's yeah. uh, yeah, and uh, the Jewish websites are complaining that anti-Jewish remarks uh, on the internet and even in face-to-face uh, Jews in New York City and in Paris and in London are facing more and more criticisms and even punches in the face, right? Like the people they hire to punch us in the face and sucker punch old white people and uh, white, little white girls, right? Uh, that's all orchestrated by the Jews. So what goes around comes around. 
Right, Michael? Yes, that's a very good American way to say it. <laughs> what comes around yeah. goes around. You will get it back. You reap what yeah. you sow. That's right. You, and that's, that's exactly what Paul says in New Testament. You will reap what you sow. However, we know that the Jews have a special day of judgment coming for them in the a parable of the wheat and the tares. The tares will be gathered first, bundled and burned. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's nothing about a rapture there, folks. We're all going to have to endure the tribulation because we, as his people, are we're told we are going to be tried in the fire of purification, the refiner's fire. We could probably do a show just on that, the refiner's fire. But this also goes against the grain, Michael, of Judeo-Christianity, or as I like to call it, apostianity, because these churches have been so Judaized they're no longer Christian, they're all apostate, that they never teach this doctrine of the refiner's fire. They totally ignore it. Uh-huh, okay. that too. Yeah, yeah. We could do a show on all of the doctrines taught in the Bible that the Judeo-Christians refuse to teach. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. So we can shed some light on all their false doctrines and all their, because today the church are just some kind of clubs. They're just clubs to feel good in, only to right. feel good clubs. That's the only thing it seems to be about. You sh- and you cannot shame anybody. You cannot say anything about sodomy. No, you cannot criticize that. And you cannot criticize that. And uh, You know, so, um, yeah. yeah. And now, and the churches takes in everything now, today. Oh, yeah, I mean, including homosexuality. <laughs> yes. Okay. If there are a 501c3 corporation here in America, or maybe it was an Armorica. <laughs> America, they uh, they will de- def- have to defy their 501c3 status by talking about homosexuality, at least in a negative light. You, you can praise Jews and you can praise homosexuals, but you can't criticize evildoers. No, because they say that Jesus loves everybody. Yeah, but that's um, that's one of their, their first those lies that they teach us, and yes. all the spiritualization of everything instead of not seeing it as the the seduction of Eve. That is one example that we're going to speak about today. Also, that is also right. one we can. That's the start of all oh, this. Yeah. Then, yeah. yeah, we'll be beating around that bush most of the day, right? Okay, so yeah, so the Bible is very um, open. Let's just say open-minded about sexuality, right? Uh, Yahweh says, be fruitful and multiply, <laughs> all right? Now, how are you going to do that if you're, if you're all homosexuals? That won't work. That's one of the violations with homosexuality, I think, because then they are not, then they, they don't use their, their reproduction system as, as he designed it to be. They do it for lust. There you have the lust part. Right, okay. There I can th- Okay, you said the magic word, lust. <laughs> We're going to talk about the word lust. And we know well, last week we talked about how the non-seed liners want to blame all sin on lust of the flesh. Okay? And that is true. Many sins are caused by lust of the flesh. But what is lust of the flesh? Well, here, let's go into some verses here. Let me bring up... Esword, and I'm going to quote from Luke 22:15, and maybe you can look this up in your Bible, the one that you quote from, because it's always good to compare translations. And this is Yahshua himself talking about 
the upcoming Passover meal. And we're going to be doing shows about Passover real soon because Passover is coming up in April 3rd, around April 3rd, folks. That's not that far off. Okay. And Luke twenty-two fifteen, And he, that is Yahshua Messiah, said unto them, with desire, have I desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer? For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So he's obviously predicting his own death here. But pay attention to these two words. With desire have I desired. I'm going to quote one more verse here. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. Now, regarding verse 18, you can take this literally or figuratively. Because why? Well, he is the tree of the life, of life, our life, the the tree of the life of the white race. This is all about genetics, folks. It's not just about wine. And, but he says, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine. Now, we know that tree language, we, t- we discussed this last time, that tree language is always about people when it's in a figurative sense. But it's used that way so often that it might as well not be figurative. It may be figurative in English, but I don't think it was in Hebrew. I think in Hebrew, Tree language is almost always about people, sometimes about literal trees like apples and oranges, but very often it's about people. The uh, The frequency of tree language regarding people is so great that uh, I think it's not even figurative in Hebrew, okay? But be that as it may, it's definitely a common figurative theme, and that was, we discussed this, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Okay, there's no way that can be a piece of literal fruit. Your comment. Yeah, um, so I looked up the word lust also. Okay. And that Go is ahead. the word that is, as I looked up in first in the scriptures, and that is the same. That is the same reading of the verse that we have. Um, yeah. I can read it from the scriptures. And it said, and he said to them, with desire, I have desire to eat this Pesha with you before my suffering. Yes. Uh, so it's the same writing also as a KJV. So if we look up the word desire, yes, in the KJV in the Strong's Concordance, and that word is said epithumia, if I pronounce it correctly, there and that def- that defines as des- uh, desire, craving, longing, desire for what is forbidden, lust. Oh, uh, lust. Oh, are you expecting me to believe that Yahshua Messiah lusted? No, I believe that if we read it in the correct connotation in this verse, we come right, more to right. the word desire or craving, maybe, or longing. That is what longing. applies here, but yeah. not the lust. That is not in but, this, um, in this yeah. connotation, I would say. Right. How, unfortunately, however, the King James Version and apparently even your version – uh, fail to distinguish the various meanings of the word epithumia, okay? And it does not always mean lust in the sense of 
ex, uh, excessive desire for it to the point where you you lose your moral compass. It does not always mean that, okay? And it certainly cannot mean that here. No, no, not for sure. That's why okay. you have to read the whole verse in the connotation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let us get back. Yeah, go ahead. My question. Yeah. Um, is there any word than this word lust that it have in the Greek that is more, that more, or is the same, is that the same, um, well, is that okay. word used all the time, or is it some other word that you can use to describe the word lust? Well, okay, so let's, uh, let's, let me type in lusts of the flesh in my browser of the flesh and let's see what comes up okay so first john 2:16 and this is or actually galatians 5:16 this i say then walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh okay lust here is the same word <laughs> epithumia Okay, the point is that epithumia does not always mean lust of the flesh. The, the whole expression here, lust of the flesh, yeah, we're talking, he's definitely talking about, well, your fleshly desires after a strange woman, race mixing, right, or another man's wife, adultery. Well, you're not supposed to, if you walk in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, question here. In in the scriptures, it says Adam and Eve were naked and not ashamed. That means they were not guilty of anything. They had nothing to be ashamed of, right? But the non-seed liners will say, well, Eve's sin was caused by her own lust. It sounds strange. It, it, it's contradictory. It's a contradictory yeah, doctrine because Eve did not lust of her own flesh if she was innocent. You're imputing something to Eve that was not there. Okay. However, she was still punished for being deceived. Okay. So the problem with the non seed line position is it will not concede any other cause of sin other than lust of the flesh. This. sense of desiring to commit sin. What do you okay, think? Okay, now, um, now you broke up, so I didn't hear oh. all the all the words that you... Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. Because uh, the uh, if, if Genesis 2-7, when Yahweh breathed his breath, his Holy Spirit, into Adam and then also to Eve, would they, and also uh, they were naked and not ashamed of anything... Would they have had lust of the flesh as the non-seed liners conceive it in them already? No, it sounds contradictory, as you say. It sounds strange if you don't have any, as I say, you don't know it. Because that yes. was what uh, uh, the serpent or this uh, ga- yeah. this Gadrael, this angel uh, right. of Satan or Satan did told Eve. 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and it's, uh, but they don't want to believe in the fallen angels either, and so they don't want to believe in Satan. So uh, the non-seed line doctrine is uh, based on all of these personal. I mean, that's their interpretation, but they deny the fact that the. Uh, Hebrew and Greek words for angel do mean angels, uh, you know, a disembodied spirits. It does mean that, okay? But they choose the definition that says messenger. So a, a messenger can be conceived of as a, a person, but even Paul says, if someone uh, someone comes uh, into your life that you don't know and wants to relate to you, be careful how you treat that person because this person might be an angel <laughs> here sent to help you. Okay, that's what Paul says. So the uh, uh, well, it could be a message, could be a human messenger too. But then you know, like the angel Gabriel just appeared out of nowhere, appeared to Elizabeth, and appeared to Mary, and uh, t- told them what's going to happen to them. All right, it does not say that that person was a human being who came and went, and that's not what it says. Let me ask you this: What human being could have known? Before Elizabeth conceived, what human being could have known before Mary conceived? Yeah, well, yeah, what? Yeah, what could have known? Uh, which? Well, I take one more time, but that. no, we yeah. couldn't. Yeah, we couldn't. Okay, mm-hmm. let me just quote here again. Uh, this is First John two sixteen. For all that is in the world, in the world, that world of this, not the Israelite world, in this world, the physical world. The lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So, now, but here, the lust is still epithumia, or actually it says epithumia is the pronounced accent on the second to last syllable, epithumia. But we found again, let me get back to Luke twenty-two fifteen. we found that there... It's the same word with desire, epithumia. I have desired again, same word in a, a, a verb form, to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. So, if the word epithumia always means lust, as the non-seedliners assert, then we should conclude that Jesus lusted. In the negative sense of the word. The problem here, and I don't know if this is true of Swedish, but the word lust in English always has negative connotations, okay? To lust after something is to have an illegitimate desire for it, you know, to, for your personal satisfaction and not for good, okay? That's yeah. what it has in English. How about in Swedish? It's the same. Lust kallas the first. It's almost yeah. the same pronunciation, but it's right. the same. It's always a negative negative uh, connotation when you say, du lustar efter det. You, you're lusting after or right. a strange a strange wife or a strange woman that is race mixing, so that's also right. then adultery. Do not adultery. Yeah. Uh, okay, and you can lust after a car <laughs> like a Maserati. Oh, I've never had a Maserati. I really want one. I want one. I'm willing to kill to get a Maserati, right? So, but this is not what the Greek word means. The Greek word means simply to desire. 
that's otherwise this translation here in Luke twenty two fifteen would be false. There's no way that Yahshua, because he was sinless, could have lusted in the bad sense of the term as we use it in English and as you say in Swedish. However, in German in Germanic, being lustig, lustig means to have a good time. To have a gay old time, right? <laughs> having, having good friends, good times. That's all it means in German is good times. Lustig. Okay. Yeah. We have about the same word in Swedish. Lustig. Now you're funny. Yeah, <laughs> like right. that. Yeah. So lustig, even in Swedish and German, does not always have a negative connotation. But lustful in English is always negative. Lust itself in English is always negative. This is why we do word studies and we compare translations and we compare the uh, Anglo-Saxon tradition, okay, to make sure we know. So the King James exclusively uses lust in a negative sense. However, this is King James, Luke twenty-two fifteen, with desire, same word that's, that's translated as lust, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Okay? So, has the King James in... Now, they didn't translate it as lust in this verse. Why do you think they avoided the word lust in this translation? Were you able to hear me? Ah, sorry, I was muted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but um, why they used, as you say, they also differentiate between when it was a negative, they used lust, right. and when it, they did use the one more positive that, that Yahshua Messiah had, desire, then they used that right. word. So they, um, they also have differentiated in that sense, in, in the verse, yeah. to show that what Yahshua Messiah had was something that was positive. It was a desire. Exactly. It was a good desire. Okay, so that the word lust, the word translated as lust, is not always negative, and you better check the context of the word, the verse, before you assert that lust is always a negative thing. Uh, it is in English, but not in other languages, and certainly not in the Bible. Okay, so again, the non-seed liners haven't done their homework, they haven't done the word studies, and they teach false doctrine. Because of that, and as again, I say again, again, it is Sheldon Emery's fault because he started preaching this no Satan doctrine, which led to all of this false doctrine. You know that the grave only means it doesn't mean anything but a piece of a hole in the ground, right? But death, even Paul says, death is a form of sleep, so our souls don't disappear. All of our souls will be resurrected at the judgment day, either to be condemned or to be declared righteous. You're either going to the kingdom or you're going to the other place. Right? That's clearly what the Bible says. So it's not possible for the grave to simply mean a hole in the ground. Okay? It's talking about where we go when we die and it's not just a hole in the ground. Okay? All right, your comment at this point be before we get into our first document here. Yeah, but how can maybe this is a far-fetched to, to ask this to the one seed line because if you look at the Canaanites, the Jewish people, they right. like worshipping sex. They're right. worshipping this. Why do they worship 
participate. You can ask yourself, but that is because that is how their their being, how Cain came into this world, because right. the the seduction of Eve, and that was a sexual act, and that is why they worship it, because that's how they came here. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here, and that is something that uh, uh, Yahweh. He, he doesn't. That's the only thing how they how Satan can create stuff. He is uh, he don't he can't create anything. So that was his way in to this to this world. That was the seduction. Right. Absolutely. So, so that is also why the, the Jews always are so much this so about sex all the time because that's their worship. Exactly. Because it is the whole purpose of Lucifer and his minions embodying into this planet is to corrupt our genome. Yes, that's, and that's, that's what all is about. Yes. That's all it's about. Okay. So uh, I'm going to quote now. Well, actually, I'll open this up and I'll turn it over to you because this is uh, the gotquestions.org uh, forward slash naked dash and dash not dash ashamed dot HTML. And I'll put this link in, in the, uh, the upload. Uh, so, and I'll just re- I'll read the first paragraph and I'll turn it over to you. Genesis 1 narrates the creation week in which God created the heavens and the earth and filled them with creatures that would fulfill his plan and purpose. Well, didn't Yahweh say, I desire you, Adamites, to be fruitful and multiply, (laughs) right? Okay, so even Yahweh desires things. And in the Greek, it would be the same word, epithumia. Or epithumia. I forget where the accent. I think it's a epithumia. Okay, so that that's the same word. So the the non seed liners have a problem here. That uh, that that word epithumia is not always translated as lust. Okay. Now we agree. The English version of the word lust is always negative, but it's not that way. Lustig in German and Swedish has that positive connotation. It's having a good time without violating any law. All right? That's not true in English. This is why it's very important to have other translations and understand our whole culture. That's why we're here at Eurofolk Radio, folks, to explain to people that the true meaning of the Bible applies exclusively to the white race, except for that other bloodline, right? And if you don't understand the bloodlines, you don't understand the Bible. Okay, let me finish this paragraph. His plan and purpose. Genesis 2 zooms into focus on his creation of the first man and woman. Well, it was Adam and Eve who show blood in the face. It's not all races. It's only talking about... Adamites here, Adam, man, and Adam, Eve. And the concluding statement of all this creative activity is, and the man and his wife, we're talking about one man, Adam, and one woman, Eve, were both naked and were not ashamed. Genesis 2.25, and that's the uh, ESV, English Standard Version, I believe that is. Adam and Eve were innocent. Oh, they agree with us that Adam and Eve were innocent, okay? And they were not motivated by lust. Having no sin or guilt, and thus had no shame. What happens in Genesis 3 helps us understand how valuable that condition of innocence 
really was. Wow. Okay. So how many people have even thought about that verse? What does that verse mean? They were naked and not ashamed. Have you, now, have you in your personal experience, I don't know how often you've gone to church, uh, attended, you know, Judeo-Christian services, but how many sermons have been preached on that verse, naked and not ashamed, in your experience? Um, I have no, basically, no experience from Swedish churches. So I'm not a good example to ask because oh, okay. I have I have shunned the Swedish churches, <laughs> right? Because what they you. teach, uh, yeah. So I, I'm not a good person to ask about that. Yeah. But my feeling is that this is something they don't speak about. Yes, because then they will get right. questions. Why That's they're right. naked? The shame. So then we get question that they can't answer. Right, but and uh, so so you have all of this pornography on the net, which is c- controlled by Jews. You have all of this, uh, and even these uh, the cruises, all these ship cruises people go on. A lot of these are run by the mafia. Certainly, the Israeli state is run by the mafia. The international sex trade is run by the Jewish mafia, and. All of these things are negative. All of these things are never because they're run by the Jews. All right. But should a man and wife of, of the same race getting ready to propagate children uh, under lawful conditions of marriage? You know, we're talking here about exclusively the white race. Should they be ashamed of their nakedness before they consummate the marriage? No, that sounds also very wrong uh, because that, as I said, that is also something that Yahweh said because be fruitful and multiply. That implies you have to, yeah, what to say, yeah. bees and berries. I don't know what to use, yeah, the uh, words. Bird, birds and bees in English. <laughs> uh, yeah, bir- okay, birds and bees in, 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 in yeah. So this, right. yeah, you know, birds and bees. So otherwise, there wouldn't be any children. And, and having, right. having the white children on the earth also, is, that also increased the Holy Spirit in the, in the, in there the world. Oh, there you go. Wonderful so, observation. But now when we have our people have now shrunk, we see that we also see it in the society today how yes. the whole spirit also is decreasing and that is something that then that is what the, the despicable Jews think. Oh, if we can get rid of the white race, we get rid of Yahweh because then there is no yes. holy spirit in the world. That's right. That's right. Um, that you yeah. figured out their motivation. They have a motivation, and it's to destroy our race. No doubt about it. Okay? All right. So this you know, this is a loaded topic, and the fact is that the Jews don't want to talk about race mixing. The Judeos don't want to talk about race mixing, and they don't even want to talk about sexuality. Because if we start talking about sexuality, then all of these issues come up, right? Well, such as... Adam and Eve were naked and not ashamed before what happened in Genesis chapter 3. This God Questions website is right on the money. It's exactly what we believe, and but they're not even two seed liners, <laughs> right? Okay, I'll turn it over to you. Second paragraph, please. So, second paragraph. So, then we have in Genesis 2 verses 16 to 17, God had warned Adam that... While Adam had freedom to eat from nearly any tree, he was not allowed to eat from the tree of the knowledge and good and evil. The consequence of eating from that tree would be death. Oh, oh, now wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, if you eat apples, would you die? Mm, No, (laughs) no. 
unless it was a poison apple, right? <laughs> How about peaches, pears, apricots? No, you will not die. No, no. That, in fact, they will give you vibrant health if you eat real food instead of garbage food that they sell at your local grocery store, right? So we're talking about uh, literal in, in Genesis chapter 3, we're ta- and even in Genesis chapter 2, we're talking about two usages of the word tree, literal and metaphoric, and two usages of the word eat, literal and metaphoric. Okay? Because uh, I think we talked about even in in our modern language in English, I bet there's uh, similarities in Swedish too. Men like to talk about women, especially good-looking women. Oh, she's a dish. What a peach. Uh, you know, uh, uh, she uh, cheesecake, <laughs> cheesecake. Yes, we refer to women in such uh, obviously sexual terms, right? What about Swedish? Do you have that kind of language in Swedish? I have uh, this same same kind of that. You also now I I can't really think about my mind. Some good example, but you have the same. You have the yeah. same like something to like as as eat. So that also shows that. Yeah. In 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 inside of us, we know that what this was Adam and Eve was all about. It was a sexual right. sin. And in our, yeah, yeah, we do know. We do know. But people also maybe are not aware of it. Maybe also, but You're right. And the non-sea liners are ashamed to admit it. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 appalling. Yeah. Right. Right. It's also funny. All right. So, but uh, you know, here is a non-seed line website verifying our position on these words, okay, that they do have both literal meanings and figurative meanings, and almost always the figurative meaning concerns human sexuality, okay, right? Otherwise, why would Eve have been so horribly punished for doing something good like eating an apple or a peach or a plum? Yeah, I mean, that's... Why would she be... Right. Yeah, exactly. But that is also so strange that people don't think of, they don't uh, recognize that that the punish is always in 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 condition with with what you have done. You, you, Yahweh is always very he's very rightful in his when you're getting punishment because you're getting the right punishment according yeah. to what you have done. Right. Right. However, we can sin in ignorance. Okay, sins committed in ignorance have nothing to do with lust. And that is what we are contending happened to Eve because she was tricked into doing something she was forbidden to do. And Eve says to the serpent in her dialogue with the serpent that I was told not to even touch this particular fruit. How can you eat of a literal fruit without touching it? Yeah, that's that's kind of uh, impossible. Again. Yeah, right. Kind of like apple pie. Somebody had to touch that apple when it was picked off the tree, even if it was done by a machine. Okay. Somebody who baked that apple pie had to handle those apples, slice them up and put them in the pie and bake the pie. You cannot avoid touching literal fruit when you eat it. You sip, eventually it goes into your mouth. So you're touching it then. Okay. But Eve was told you're not even supposed to touch this fruit. So isn't that a clue that it's not literal fruit, that there's something more, that we're talking about figurative type fruit here? 
Yeah, it should. Yeah, it should. Okay? Yeah. All right, let's continue. We'll see if these uh, authors here continue to agree with us or not. Back so, to you. Yeah. Thank you. So in Genesis 3, verses 1, the serpent tempted Eve uh, to eat the forbidden fruit, and she ate, and Adam ate with her. After they had both eaten, their eyes were open in a way they had not been before. There you go. Very good. Yep. Now for... Go ahead, because yeah, I, I was just going to say, it's not like it was LSD, right? <laughs> okay, But that sacred mushroom, this is all good for food. It says it's good for food. So it can't yeah. be anything poisonous. All right, back to you. Yeah, no, no hallucinating mushrooms yeah. that will make you see stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, so now, for the first time, they recognized that they were naked. Aha. Uh-huh. And that is Genesis 3, verses 7a. Very good. Adam and Eve had no guilt before. They hadn't sinned against God, so there was no reason for any shame. Now that they had violated his word, they realized they had guilt. They had sinned against the Creator, and they censored that guilt and were ashamed of their nakedness. But now Paul also says that Eve was deceived, but Adam was not deceived. Okay, so Adam had a dilemma. He saw that Eve had been tricked into committing this sexual sin, and that's what it was. It was a sexual sin, not a mere mental sin. As you were saying, the punishment must fit the crime. However, you can sin in ignorance and therefore uh, do the same act in ignorance, not knowing that you're doing evil, but haven't you made your body, let's say, uh, well, rape. What's rape? Lust. Well, by whom? By the one that does the rape. Yeah, by the rapist. Yeah, the rapist, yeah. it, It is not true that every woman who is raped is desiring to be raped. No one does that. No, exactly. So t- yeah, yeah. Isn't that the favorite position of the feminists? That, that uh, oh, rape is only done by men. Uh, there have been women who have tried to rape men, but it usually doesn't work. <laughs> right? Okay, so you can't blame the rapee for the sin of the rapist. Is it not the case that since Eve was tricked into performing the act, that she cannot be held in blame for it. Yeah, she was deceived. She was deceived. She yeah. was raped. She was, it was, she was not doing that according to her own lust. That's not possible. Otherwise, they would not have been unashamed before this event happened. Okay? Or, or Yahweh himself... When he breathed his Holy Spirit into Adam and Eve, breathed sin- a sinful nature into them. Is that possible? No, I don't think Yahweh did do that. No, no. The, the sin was caused by deception, and Eve did not do it deliberately. If you do something deliberately, you know you're doing it wrong, and therefore you should be punished accordingly. But if somebody tricks you, like a con artist, a con artist can come along, and say, hey, I've got a deal for you. <laughs> if you give me $100, I'll invest it in this stock. 
you'll make $100 overnight. And then you keep on feeding me $100, you'll make another $100, and soon you'll be rich. Until the day he decides to switch the game, cash in, and leave the country. That's how con artists do it, right? So are, are, if you're doing something pure in pure innocence, even though that would be a lust of the flesh, that would be greed, okay? If you can call greed a lust of the flesh, but uh, then ultimately you have to pay the penalty for your naivete. And see, the word Eve <laughs> is contained in the word naive in English, okay? She was tricked. How how could she be punished so horribly? How could our race be punished so horribly for an act which was not conceived in lust, but was an tri- act of trickery? But it says Adam was not deceived. Adam had a dilemma. Because when Eve, we saw Eve was pregnant with something that he did not conceive, um, do I continue to mate with her? Do I ask Yahweh for another mate? Those things never occurred to him. In, in the uh, how should I put it? In the sadness and confusion that he had confronted in Eve, he did not know what to do, and so Eve showed him maybe black women, Asian women, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And he indulged, he quote-unquote, ate of the forbidden fruit. So there's only one type of forbidden fruit because all of the literal fruit was good fruit. The Bible clearly says it was all good, good to eat. So why was this fruit forbidden if it's not good to eat? Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, we see what happened because of this. The the naive Eve, what it produced, it produced the Jewish race. So yeah, yeah, that's a punish. Yeah, then you have done something that was not too good. Right, right, and so it's a sexual sin because it produced the bloodline of Cain. Yeah, and and enmity between the two bloodlines continues to this day. There's no other way to explain it. Yeah, and the same, we have the same problem with those couples that do race mix today because it happened, it's rampant now in the cities. That's what the yeah. cities is all for because in the cities this happened. Um, so then they leave after those, those mongrels that also will, they will be socially awkward. They also have uh, psychological problems and they also maybe be more into crime. So there is a, a kind of um, a loca, a locus. It is an, it's an epidemic around our nations with this. So we see what happens with all this, what it creates. And right. those Jews, it's on top of that list, of course, that is the, that we see. That's the top of all those <laughs> problems we have. Yes. Okay, so this particular tree is not a literal tree. That's, what we're, that's the point we're making. It's not one of those trees that has literal fruit like apples, peaches, and oranges. We're talking about indulging in race mixing. That's what we're talking about here. Okay, because the punishment has to fit the crime, even though the crime was committed in ignorance. Okay, so if you speed, well, uh, well, in Germany, I don't know about Sweden. In Germany, there's no speed limits on the highways. Okay, Uh, in America, there are. I mean, they can go up to 80 miles an hour in Texas, uh, 70 miles an hour most of the country, but. 80 miles an hour, you're taking your life in your hands, but you're not breaking the law if you drive 80 miles an hour. Uh, If you go 100 miles an hour, 120 miles an hour, my speedometer goes up to 120 miles an hour, but I've never taken the car that fast. So if you're in Germany 
and you drive 120 miles an hour, are you sinning? No, and that is also some kind of obscene. It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, very to drive that fast. Nah, yeah, yeah, but, but not but, against the law. Never the law, but who have you violated when you're driving too fast on those roads? No one. No one has been hurt. No one has been violated. Oh, you violate the state. Yeah. Until oh. you until you crash. Yeah, then you have the problem. But then it's it's your responsibility. So this with with right. having the same as in Sweden, we have eighty miles per hour as that's the okay. upper upper limit we have in Sweden. But yeah, then you have, you have the police, and then um, <laughs> right. they cost you a lot of money to speeding. Right. It's a lot yeah. of money for right. some. Do you haven't even if you're driving ninety miles per hour and, and no one is hurt? What's the pr- problem? Who have yeah. you hurt? Right. Nobody. So yeah. I think that's with traffic. Traffic. Uh, this yeah. is just for them to take money out of us. There's just yeah. a way to uh, this police state that it is so rampant. At least. Right. Get, ha- but- yeah. And it happened to me recently that I was driving from Harrison, Arkansas to Springfield, Missouri. And uh, this is uh, the highways are great. US 65 between these two towns is absolutely fantastic. They blasted away mountains to make this a fairly straight highway, right? But there are a couple of valleys. They couldn't blast away whole mountains, or they didn't make tunnels. So there are a couple of valleys when you reach the top and go down. And if you're not watching your speedometer, uh, I looked down, I was hitting the bottom of the valley, and I realized I was going 90 miles an hour. I had no idea that I was going that fast because I've got a, a, a well-built vehicle, a Chrysler Town & Country, right? It was really smooth ride. And all of a sudden, I realized, hey, I'm going 90 miles an hour. If there's a cop around, I'm getting a ticket, right? But nothing happened. I, I, I took my foot. I, I don't even remember if I had my foot on the accelerator. But I was going 90 miles an hour without intending to. It happens, Right. But if you get in a crash at 90 miles an hour, uh, it's your fault. Here in America, it's your fault because we have speed limits here. All right. So whether you do it deliberately or not, it's still your fault. That's the point. It's still your fault. Somebody has to take responsibility. And Adam and Eve took the responsibility even though they didn't want to. Okay. Lesson is, the true lesson here is that we must obey Yahweh's law. If we violate his law, that's why we should know the law. That's the whole point of the Ten Commandments. That's the whole point of the Levitical law, is to know what our duty is, know what our responsibility is, and act accordingly. But Eve was naive. Yahweh did tell her not to touch that tree, but she allowed herself to be deceived. Now, isn't that still happening to our women today? Oh man, yeah, for sure. Right? They are very deceived, and they are very tickled by the ears. They are tricked by this. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, propaganda. Yes, yes, it's propaganda, and typically the women. I think the, I first thought that the guys could be maybe be a bit more reluctant toward race mixing, but now today I see it yeah, also among the guys too. So it's I don't know why what is happening. It's becoming commonplace because of the propaganda and because the churches are no longer teaching against it. Okay? So who's to blame there? Yeah, that's the Jews. Because they have, they have, in those seminars, they have taught the priest and not talk about it. 
and then if the priest does it yeah, in your in your in your country then then they get kicked out they don't get their money so right. they are they are selling their soul for money and bodies <laughs> yeah. and their bodies for money right so uh and and it it gets even worse michael because at the at the southern border where all of these mexican children are being enticed across the border a lot of these children just plain old disappear Nobody knows what happens to them, I'm sure, because the Mexican drug cartels are selling human flesh into sex slavery, into pedophilia, and into the Jewish network that was primarily run by Epstein, right, and uh, and other Jews, that uh, they got caught, and but, but they only got a slap on the wrist. Right, that's and the Jews are never punished worse than that. Did you get a slap on the wrist? But what happens to all those children? What about all the babies they're murdering in Gaza, which is really a Jewish slaughterhouse, a, a Jewish Auschwitz, if you will, and the Jews don't get punished for it. They get away with it because the world does not judge them to the same standard as it would. But the, all standards are getting very lax, very lax all over the world. Even Switzerland has uh, virtually open sex. Sweden, uh, the European nations have uh, legalized prostitution. Las Vegas has legalized prostitution. And it's pretty much an open secret that prostitution is practiced in the Muslim world, (laughs) right? Even though it's technically forbidden, right? So all these people are violating, they know they're doing evil. They know they're doing wrong. But as long as they're allowed to get away with it, they do it. Yeah, and they believe that there is no God. So, right. yeah, just have a fun time, you know. What? Yeah, but they will be sorely disappointed when they see that uh, when uh, Satan gets what he wants, and that's your soul that you gave up. That's it, for yes. what? For yeah. your fame, for money. <laughs> infamy. <laughs> for your fif- 15 minutes of infamy, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like like all of these rock and roll stars. I sold my soul for rock and roll. All right, next paragraph, please. Yes, as long as they had no sin, they'd sensed no need for any covering. Yeah, but just this sin, if this sin wasn't sexual, why were they covering themselves because they are naked? This is, for me, this is some gymnastic movement they do where they try to, to for me, that is illogical. Right. Yeah. Well, if they were sinless, they had no shame. Yeah. Okay. And why? Yeah. Why were if there were some kind of other sin? Why would they cover their loins? Yes. That I, I can't. That I can't really understand. So it has to do something with sexuality. This. Oh, this is used for this. Oh. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. I don't know. Okay. Well, now if it's not a sexual sin, why do they cover their loins instead of their mouths? Or their heads. If it was mental sin, as Ted Weiland, who is one of the main non-seed liners, and in fact, he's blatantly anti-seed line. He hates our doctrine. Uh, why were there lo- why were they given loincloths and not dunce caps or face masks to cover their mouth? Exactly. That is the question that those Judeo-Christians and all of them one seed I need to answer. That's right. Because that I don't understand. Why cover that part? Why is not, as you say, the mouth covered? It was a fruit. Why, why is that not covered? Why is this? Yeah. So probably have a, but yeah. Yeah. So if, if the sin was eating an apple, 
which most Christians actually believe Eve ate an apple, all right, but it didn't kill her on the spot. It was still good for nourishment, right? Okay. This type of eating is not good for nourishment. That's why we're forbidden to touch it. So they don't want to address this question because the fig leaves covered their loins and not their mouths. I mean, isn't this common sense? Yeah, for for, for me, it's kind of easy to see it. Yeah, I can, I, I, when I when I hear it, yeah. It is metaphorical language, but not so metaphorical that it isn't scriptural, because scripture uses this type of language to describe sexual activity constantly. Even the word to know in the Hebrew means to have sex with, <laughs> right? Okay? People say here in America, he knew her in the biblical sense, which means sexually. I don't know if you have that kind of language in Swedish. Uh, no, not what I can remember. And okay. unfortunately, Swedish is, Sweden is not so much biblical anymore. It's, it's the most atheistic oh. country in, in Europe. Right. Okay, Europe, right? Yeah, I pronounced it correctly. All right. Yeah, and Sweden oh. is the self-playing piano. You don't need have any Freemasons anything because they do it themselves anyway. Yeah, right. Oh. Yeah, well, the people do what the Freemasons do. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Please continue. We're going to take a break shortly, folks. But yeah, let's finish this paragraph. There was no judgment or scrutiny for them. Now that they had sinned, they were keenly aware in their guilt and shame mm -hmm. that they were exposed. So they fashioned from fig leaves uh, clutches to cover their loins mm -hmm. or their gen genital areas. Genesis 3 verses 7b. They tried to cover up their guilt and shame with the product of their own effort. This was the remarkable first attempt of works salvation. Well, that's going a little too far. <laughs> they sought to be free from guilt by covering up their nakedness on their own. When God called out to Adam, at first Adam hid because he knew he was naked and he was afraid. Genesis 3 verses 10. Okay. So, I mean, it tells you plain as, as day, they, the, in other words, to cover their shame, they used loincloths. What don't you understand, Christian? <laughs> right? The truth is staring you in the face and you're free, you refuse to look at it. Uh, yep. Yep. That's what's going on here. Okay. But they're trying they're trying to defend Eve's honor when she had lost it. But they say she had no honor to begin with because she committed a sin out of the lust of her own flesh. If that's the case, she had no honor to begin with. So yeah. then they have to have a different interpretation of Genesis 2-7, where Yahweh breathed his Holy Spirit into Adam, and, and then he created a woman, a perfect match. She had to have that Holy Spirit in her as well. Otherwise, they could not have produced, which they were intended to do, a immortal uh, you know, race, an immortal, sinless race. The only way you can be immortal 
is to be sinless. That's what the uh, uh, book of Revelation is all about. The bride of Christ, make yourself clean. Wear, put on your white robes, white robes symbolizing sinlessness, okay? Having been redeemed from our sins, we qualify for the kingdom. And we qualify as the bride of Christ, the bride of Yeshua. So all of that language, you know, well, what are you talking? Well, yeah, okay, the, the Judeo-Christians that they already think they've been cleansed. They already think they're free of sin. Uh, is there a Judea Christian in the world who's free of sin? <laughs> no. No. Not um, hardly. Okay. Um, same for us. We always it's we're not. a sinner. So we, this is the same. This is a constant struggle. And, and real Christianism is hard to practice. It is not easy. This is a tough, it's a tough right. one. It's the toughest religion because it demands that we obey Yahweh's laws. <laughs> All right? That's a tough religion. All other religions basically refer punishment and judgment to their imams, to their rabbis, to their priesthood. And whatever their priesthood says goes. But no, our priest, we know, we can understand when our priesthood is teaching false doctrine because we have the Bible as our witness. And all of Judeo-Christianity teaches false doctrine. Agreed, Michael? Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, folks. So we're going to take a quick break here. And we're going to uh, have, uh, we always have, for, for uh, many of our uh, breaks here, the uh, music of Jonathan David Brown. And uh, he is, <laughs> okay, let's. How long, O oh Lord? Because that uh, we all strive to see the judgment day. So- in part two. Stick around. How long, oh Lord, I want to know. 
shame when I'm not eating apples. <laughs> All right, folks. Let me go back and hit the pause button here. All right, so we're back. And uh, for people who want to call in, I put the link in the chat room at Eurofolk Radio, and it is speakfreeradio.com forward slash bloodlines if anybody wants to call in. And I have to say a word about our sponsor, which is, of course, the uh, Money Tree Publishing Company that has all kinds of great books, white nationalist literature, Christian identity literature, uh, pagan literature. <laughs> but it's all oriented toward the exonerating the white race from the slurs, the canards, the, the lies that the teach that the Jews teach about us. And one of the examples uh, in black and white, which is done by a black man and David Gehari, the myth of German villainy, Mein Kampf, Henry Ford's The International Jew, one of the most important books ever written, The War Against Whites, Jews are the Problem, and of course, my book, The Great Impersonation, How the Antichrist Had Deceived the Whole World, which explains that verse in, uh, sorry, Revelation 12, 17, that there is a beast that has deceived the whole world, and everybody needs to know who and what that beast is. What do you think it is, Michael? The beast has deceived the whole world. Yeah. Yes. When we are studying this message, we come to the realization that some group that always said we are God's chosen people, they are really not. But they have deceived the whole world to believe they are, so people give them money, and they give them and they believe there have been uh, some kind of 
Holocaust toward them. That is a lie, of course. Right. So, yeah, this is this group. The Jewish group are the one that is the big deceiver. They're the one that had tricked the whole world to believe that they are, are of this real tribe when they are not. They are impostures. That's right. That's right. So, okay, so we let's continue, and I'll monitor uh, the uh, StreamYard uh, window to see if there's anybody in there because uh, – yeah, I think I have to arrange my computer differently so that I can monitor that constantly. Uh, it's just tricks of the trade that I'm still learning, folks. But back to you. Let's finish this article and uh, see, compare it to our beliefs. You know, it's an interesting thing to me, Michael, is that these are Judeo-Christians, and they agree with our – well, they, they see what we see to some extent. They don't totally agree with uh, the two seed land proposition, but they can see by their own mission, they covered their loins, not their mouths or heads, that they should be able to see that that's the nature of the sin as well. All right, back to you. Yes, so ever since Adam's sin, makeness has been associated with shame. And see Second Samuel 10, verses 4 to 5, Isaiah 47, verses 3, Ezekiel 16, verses 39, and 23, verses 29, Hosea 2, verses 3, Nahum 3, verses 5, Revelation 16, verses 15. The fall has affected all of us. We all have an inborn sense that we need a covering. Being exposed to the other eyes, making us feel uncomfortable, vulnerable, and afraid. Okay, so since feminists in the world today assert that they don't need a man to protect them, how's it going for them? Not so very good for them. Not so good. Uh, and they, they say they don't believe in marriage, but they're married to the state. The, the fact is the entire feminist movement and most of liberalism as well, and socialism as well, is entirely dependent upon the sugar daddy called the government, <laughs> right? They are totally dependent upon the government. So I put it to you, feminists, which would you rather have, a live man to protect you from rape, from murder, from all these outside influences that you pretend don't exist, or the government? Who has just made you a slave and brainwashed you into believing that you can do anything that a man can do. And when you are in need, dear women, of some protection, uh, the government is not there to help you. Then you That's try. Right. Then you can have a thousand cops on your telephone line, but I guess a rifle or a good man could be a better use than. That's right. That's right. So it's either Yahweh's way. Or the government's way, and the government rarely does the, the Yahweh's way, extremely rarely. But that's going to change when the kingdom comes, and uh, you know Yahweh will will be, take total control. Hopefully, our lesson will be learned by then. All right, back to you. Yes. So, as the Genesis narrative continues, it becomes evident that our own effort to cover. Uh, ourselves can't redeem or save us from our guilt and shame. Adam and Eve were under the uh, penalty promised in Genesis 2, verses 16 to, um, to 17. And, okay. Uh, well, here, uh, yeah, keep reading. I'll look up uh, Genesis 2, 16, 17 to refresh our memories. Uh, on that day, they had died. 
They were no longer able to live with God, but they were separated from him, and their relationship was severed. Right. What's more, their bodies would also die from the additional consequence introduced in Genesis 3, verses 19, one day in the future. All right, so they basically agree with us that uh, they were intended to be immortal, but that this uh, unnatural act that was committed by Eve, uh, not by her own volition, but by trickery, caused them to become aware of their nakedness, which they disregarded before because they had no guilt or shame and because they had committed no sin. I reiterate, the non-seedline position demands that Eve sinned out of her own lust. But the Bible is telling us that she had no lust before she was tricked. She had no sinful attitude before she was tricked. Back to you. Later, in the time of the Mosaic law, God prescribed animal sacrifice so that the people would understand the awfulness of sin and the incredible high price that had to be paid to deal with it. Life itself illustrated in the pouring out of the blood of the sacrifice. Okay, so uh, it's incredibly high price. Incredibly high price. I would say if it was just eating an apple, the, the punishment is far too great. Far too great. And the lesson, in my opinion, is that we must obey Yahweh's laws. Otherwise, we will be tricked somewhere down the line. The only way to avoid that trickery is to be wise in the sense of knowing his law. And Yahshua said, be therefore wise as serpents, yet harmless as doves. So what does he what does he mean there? Yeah, and this wise for me, this also um, that we also need to understand how our enemy works, so we know how the Jew operates to trick That's us into right. doing. Yes. So that is that is this being wise as serpents and in the sense as doves. Um, but that's what I think about wise as serpents. That is, so we we have to know our enemy. We cannot that's just right. think that is that is only one seed line, and then we don't study how our enemy operates. Some people think, oh, it's just negativity. You're only studying yeah. how they operate. Blah blah blah. No, it's not. It's we can right. know what to expect from them and what they will try. Right. And I've been saying in my local congregation here in the Ozarks that. The, the real lesson of Genesis 3.15 is to, number one, obey Yahweh's laws. And if you don't, you will suffer for it. Okay? So always be on the alert. And if, you're, if, you're, if you don't have his laws in you as part of your un- relationship to this evil world, then you will succumb to it. Okay, and that's what happened to the Israelites over and over when they began observing pagan rituals. Okay, the only way to avoid that is to know that it's evil and it's it's going to result in lots of personal suffering. Just like if you're doing drugs, it may feel good when you're doing the drugs, but if you get addicted, you're in big trouble. Yes, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so 
So Genesis 2, 16, 17. And Yahweh Elohim commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now the interesting point here is, did Yahweh say the same thing directly to Eve? Or did he leave it to Adam to instruct her in the same way? <laughs> okay, uh, it's not clear, you know, the, if that that instruction, if Yahweh. But when Eve is confronted by Nachash in the next chapter, she understands. She she said, Yahweh said, "Don't eat of it, but don't even touch it." That information is not contained in Genesis two sixteen and seventeen. Let me go to chapter 3, but please continue reading, and I will look up that verse. While we all were separated from God because of sin, the Savior took on our guilt and paid the price with his own blood. Isaiah 53, verse 6. By his blood, we can come near to him and enjoy the fellowship with God that we were designed to have from the beginning. Ephesians 2, verse 13. By his grace, God frees us from our guilt and shame, simply asking us uh, to believe in him or put our trust in him rather than in our own efforts. Okay, now this is uh, what I would call antinomianism, uh, uh, faith only or grace only. The law has been done away with. Uh, Our efforts must be in, involved other because it takes effort not to sin right uh, this is a, a really lame teaching that suggests that if you simply believe in Jesus nothing bad is well you're you're probably believing in the wrong Jesus in the first place right you're you're believing in that uh, how does a brother Abraham put it a Jaime Jesus you believe in that Jaime Jesus or that multiculti Jesus which does not exist. Okay, you're believing in the wrong Jesus. The the word is clear. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And that you have to do with your own effort. Back to you. Yes, thank you. So, Mm -hmm. just in Genesis 3, God provided a covering for Adam and Eve. God, in his mercy, provides a covering for all those who come to him in repentance and faith. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. Isaiah 61, verses 10. CF Ezekiel 16, verses 8. In heaven, the shame of our nakedness and the disgrace of our sin will be covered with fine light linen, bright and clean. Revelation 19, verses 8. Okay, that is not quite accurate because the cleansing of our people, the bride of Christ, must take place before we uh, enter into the bridal chamber, as it were, or into the wedding feast of the Lamb. It's very clear from Scripture that we have to cleanse ourselves, and that's what the white garments represent, to the best of our ability. But if we plead and are truly repentant of our past sins, then we will be pronounced clean and and qualify for the wedding feast of the Lamb. Those who are not qualified 
will not get in. Okay? And that's not a matter of mere belief and having faith in the wrong Jesus. Okay? So even though this article, for the most part, agrees with our analysis of Genesis 2 and 3, it's still uh, contaminated with, uh, what is the, uh, antinobian dispensationalism. That's what, that's it. It's contaminated with dispensationalism who believe that we're saved only by faith and not by good works. We could do an entire show uh, just quoting Paul on the, on his statements that we must do good works and that good works are necessary for our salvation, okay? Now here again, they are not teaching the whole truth. They are teaching their own version of the scriptures. So let me go to the verses in question here. Now, okay, so uh, let me just read verses 1 through 3, Genesis 3. Now the serpent, which is, it is, it can mean a literal snake, but Yahshua referred to the uh, Pharisees as serpents, <laughs> right? He, he used that word serpent. If he can use the word serpent to a Jew, why can't he use the word serpent for Nahash? Okay. And especially since the serpent was more subtle, that is more conniving, more cunning and crafty than any beast of the field which Yahweh had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath Elohim, he's not referring to Yahweh, he's simply referring to Elohim. Now, what does Elohim mean here? Uh, because Elohim is in the form of plural. And is this a reference to Yahweh or simply to gods? Yeah, it's a plural, plural. then it's, it could be gods too. Yes, it certainly could. And that's all the word, word Elohim by itself means. It is not the creator of the universe. That's Yahweh. And this is another thing that the churches and even the non-seed liners get wrong. They think God is his name. No, that's not his name. That's his title. His real name is Yahweh. It hath Elohim. That's what it says. And here, let me give you the definition. Gods in the ordinary sense. But specifically used in the plural thus, especially with the article of the Supreme God. That's our that's our tradition. But the Supreme God is Yahweh, not not the Elohim with the with the uh, specific article. Occasionally applied by way of deference to magistrates, and sometimes as a superlative, angels, exceedingly great. God, gods, goddess, godly, very great, <laughs> judges, mighty, okay? So this the definition of the word Elohim is not limited to the creator, folks. It can mean any of the things that I just read here, all right, that Elohim had made. Okay, let's, let me start from the beginning. To fully understand what this verse is really saying. Now the serpent Nachash was more cunning than any beast of the field, which could be other races, because there are two-legged beasts of the field in Scripture, which Yahweh our Elohim hath made. And he said unto the woman, this is the serpent speaking, Yea, hath Elohim, 
said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? He's asking her a question. Yeah, didn't, didn't, weren't you instructed that you shall not eat of every tree? There was certain, uh, there was at least one certain type of tree that was forbidden. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, and word midst can mean uh, throughout, tavek meaning to sever, a bisection, that is by implication, the center. Okay, so that this particular tree stood out from among the other trees in a particular way. Okay, stood out. Different nature. In the midst of the garden, God has said, okay, again, again, it's Elohim, it's not Yahweh. Uh, Nakash is not referring to Yahweh. He's referring to gods in the plural. Has said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Okay, so here's the crucial word touch. Ye shall not touch it, which is naga. By the way, the word naga in Sanskrit means fallen angel or devil, okay? A primitive root properly to touch, that is, lay the hand upon for any purpose, euphemistically, to lie with a woman by implication to reach figuratively to arrive, acquire, violently to strike, punish, defeat, destroy, beat, able to bring down, okay, so are you going to destroy a tree that you hope to gather fruit from for many years? No, that's contradiction. I would not. You wanted to, to, to try, thrive. Right. And so God has said, and this, or this is a continuation of what Eve was saying. So obviously Yahweh Elohim told her, you shall not even touch this tree lest ye die. So, Yahweh actually spoke with her, although Yahweh is not named in these verses. And then the serpent said, ye shall not surely die, contradicting God. Ye shall not surely die. And that's where the deception began. Okay? He talked to her, no, this is not going to hurt you. Is this not a seduction? Michael. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, okay, that's what it is, folks. Anytime you have to lie to a woman to get her to lie with you, that's seduction, for sure. Okay, or get you drunk. Right? So, folks, the more you study these, the first three, four chapters of Genesis, the more clear it becomes that this was a physical seduction resulting in two physical bloodlines how can it be otherwise? Because you know, the, unless unless you believe that Yahweh himself uh, infused lust of the flesh into you know, or, or the desire to disobey was breathed into her by Yahweh himself, if that's what you believe, then you believe that Yahweh must have done evil when he did that. Okay? But, James, I believe it's James, who says you cannot, uh, Yahweh does not tempt anyone. Yahweh does not tempt anyone so that you are therefore contradicting yourself or contradicting scripture if you believe that Yahweh breathed lust into Eve. 
Okay. Fair enough, Michael. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, because they, when we were created in first, we were, yeah, it was, we were, we didn't have any sins. So then we also had this, yeah, immortal lives, but then the, 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 they, they fall right. <laughs> after the fall. Yeah, and then uh, another version of this from a non seed liner. Uh, so he stated, uh, I'm trying to think of his name, uh, very popular non seed line author. Uh, I'll think of his name later, but he stated that. Adam and Eve would have died even if they had not sinned, if they had not violated, you know, the covenant right there. He said they would have died anyway. Okay, it clearly meaning he did not believe that they would they, that they were infused with immortality when the breath of Yahweh was infused into them. So, what could verse Genesis two seven possibly mean? If if it doesn't mean if I think it's very obvious when Paul te- tells us that mortality must take on immortality and that unrighteousness must take on righteousness, that he's talking about a, the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, right? And uh, can a sinful person house the Holy Spirit? As soon as we start sinning, then uh, the Holy Spirit departs from us. Yep. That's how I see it. Yeah, that's okay. how I see it too. That when you are sinning, you you won't have the Holy Spirit. You can't dwell in a body that is poisoned with sin, or it is poisoned with poisoned food. You're eating poisonous food. You're eating pork, or you're eating mushrooms, or <laughs> right. shellfish. Well, then the, then the Holy Spirit cannot dwell in there. All right. So of yeah, course you're poisoning want, yourself. Yes, yeah. and that is of course that that every time you're trying to go out and eat, they have putting some of all of some of those three elements on the food. To make you poison you, so the Holy Spirit is not with you, so they get off, get rid of you. That's right. That's right. As soon as you start sinning, especially if you start, well, even if it's not deliberate, you know, because a lot of Judeo Christians believe that they can now eat pork because of their false interpretation of Paul in Acts chapter ten. He never said that whole parable. Acts chapter ten is a parable about uh, Israelites. And he's using a, a, a carpet full of uh, food, food items, to compare uh, to Israelites. And he's uh, and the the resolution of that parable is Acts ten twenty eight, which says, "No, this is not about food. This is about the ten lost tribes. Be, that you can't pronounce the ten lost tribes unclean. They were cleaned. They were cleansed of their past sins at Calvary." So here, it's a really obvious parable that they take literally. Yeah, okay. exactly. I mean, that's what I know. That I know that they always ask for that one. Hey, if you read this, then they take it literally because they want probably they want it to be that way. They want to eat it. I don't know. It's yeah, yeah. yeah. It's about the the fact that the the non Judahite Israelites of the dispersion were also cleansed of their past sins not just the house of Judah. And Paul had to explain this to Peter because Peter didn't understand. Okay? He didn't understand what was going on. He, as a Judahite, he had totally forgotten of of the house of Judah. He was actually a Benjaminite. uh, That he totally forgotten. Oh, well, what about uh, James 1.1? To the 12 tribes scattered abroad, greetings. Exactly. That's, yeah. (laughs) Okay. 
Yeah, and scattered abroad. It tells you that they're not in Palestine anymore. That's right. They're not in Palestine. But they're still Israelites. Was not the promise made to Abraham before before Moses that uh, we would get a Savior? And that's what uh, the placing of Isaac on the altar was all about. That No, wait a minute. No, don't, don't kill him. Uh, my, my son, I will sacrifice my son, Yahshua, when the time comes. And, but nevertheless, the whole race of Isaac, and Isaac shall thy seed be called, was dedicated on that altar and only that race. Okay. So let's get to Agape Geek blog, which is also, I'll, I'll post that in the chat room again because it's got to be way up there in the, in the stream. So this is blog archives. Now, this article is about homosexuality and how the Judeo-Christian churches have dropped the ball and failed to condemn homosexuality, which they should. But nevertheless, it gets into these word studies that we're talking about right now and actually, again, verifies what we're teaching here. So I'll turn it over to you. Uh, Do you have that article? Mm, Yep, I do. Okay. What does God think about homosexuality? What does the Bible say? Over to you. Verses 1-3. This is part 1 in a series of advanced Bible lessons on the subject of what does God think of homosexuality. This, of course, is a hot topic and one that is fiercely debated, even in churches. There are so many controversial subjects that people just want to ignore because they do not want to offend anyone. <laughs> You don't want to offend Satan? That we should do. And offending Satan often will invoke that you will be very unpopular in the world if you do that. Because people, they love their satanic ways. There you go. You don't want to offend the synagogue of Satan? No, they're afraid of losing their worldly possessions and getting dragged in the mud. (laughs) I can understand that. That that much I can understand. But... uh, when you when you confront homosexuals and pedophile pedophiles and, and sex traffickers, uh, we're supposed to condemn evil, not just stand idly by and wink at it. Back to you. Yeah, and I I regard homosexuality and all this uh, LGBT. I cannot pronounce all of them. It's a gateway f- for right. pedophilia. That's the Trojan horse for it. Yes. Amen. Amen. All right. I never recall Jesus avoiding an issue that were brought before him. All right. Yes. Um, But I also do not recall Jesus ever directly addressing sin in any area of people's personal lives. People need to understand what Jesus said in John 3.17. Jesus claimed that he was not sent into the world to condemn the world, but through him the world might be saved. This, of course, people are very quick to point out. Jesus never said anything about homosexuality. And I have even heard people try to accuse Jesus of acting like homosexual. (laughs) That is crazy. Yeah. It is amazing how foolish people can become when they want to justify their erroneous ways and their sinful lifestyles. Yeah, that's what they want. And what I... 
yeah, what I realized when I tried to criticizing the homosexuality in churches and in society, always they always go to do. Well, look at this people. Look at that, and they, they they're going to personal people and pointing at them. But oh, they it's always like that, and it creates and it and it's also something we think about the truth. To telling the truth requires a lot of courage. I mean, to saying that that right. requires courage. Yeah. So, well, no, actually, but Jesus did uh, criticize sin constantly. Right. But he didn't. Uh, and uh, it's obvious. But then there's Paul, who never contradicted Yahshua, but always elaborated on what Yahshua meant and what the prophets of the Old Testament meant. OK, so those people who reject Paul and Jews are constantly writing articles against Paul, saying that he changed the gospel. That's another Jewish sleight of hand that they pulled on us. Uh, Criticized and, and a lot of even even two seed liners have fallen for that. They think J- Paul was a Jew because they don't realize that there's two meanings for the word Jew. I mean, Judahite and or Judean, and a Judean is simply a territorial term which includes Edomites, right? What the word Judah does not include Edomites. So you got to do your word studies, folks. Study to show thyself approved. Back to you. While Jesus rarely addressed sin, you will find that after he healed people, he would sometimes say, Now go and sin no more, unless a worse thing come upon you. John <laughs> five right. fourteen. Yeah. Oh yeah, well if you keep sinning, worse things will come upon you. It sure yeah. will. Yeah, and often we are the problem that we are the one that are okay. are responsible for getting those punishments <laughs> right. because we are, we are worth it. We are worth yeah. it all the way. Yeah. Well, I just realized that in our discussion of apples, peaches, and oranges, that uh, if I eat if I eat potato chips <laughs> and not a real apple, I'm actually sinning against my body because I, although in the case of potato chips, if, it, if uh, the the chips I buy says uh, ingredients uh, potatoes oil salt. However, what kind of oil is it? Oh, that's probably canola canola oil. Oh, it's probably really bad oil, right? Yeah. So I should watch it. Okay, but but here, I, if I'm if it's really unhealthy oil like margarine, which is really unhealthy oil, then I'm sinning against against my body. Yeah, and then okay. we are. Then the Holy Spirit cannot dwell in it because that also what is said that the yeah. one that that destroys the the, the temple destroys the the, the being yeah. where I paraphrasing that destroy the yeah. temple where the Holy Spirit dwells. And that kind of oil is what clogs up your arteries. Yeah, okay. that is the one doing it. Not not butter and meat. That is uh, That's right. propaganda from the sugar industry. There you go. There you go. And sugar is what causes you to grow fat. Oh, Not yeah. eating fat, okay? All because right. Because you don't you don't get sweeter by eating sugar. No, <laughs> no. Actually, you come to sugar makes you high and crave, makes you crave more. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it does. Okay. And you yeah. don't get fat by eating fat. You're getting thinner by eating fat. That's right. So, so that eating, was a- eating sugar and processed carbohydrates will. That's what will put the weight on. That's what. Will yeah. And that, I guess, was what Robert Atkins found out. He found out that there are three essential foods to eat. It is protein, fat, and fibers, right. not carbohydrates. That is not essential. 
Yeah, it's not essential, right? Yeah, but it sure does taste good. (laughs) Okay. All right, please continue. To the women caught in adultery, Jesus said, Go and sin no more. John 8, 11. So, Jesus never said that sin was oak and acceptable. No, he didn't. He just said, stop sinning, repent. Jesus never justifies sin, nor would he tolerate people doing everything they wanted to do. Well, by the way, that word is okay. Uh, so, Yahshua never said that sin was okay. Ah, okay, sorry. You said oak. <laughs> right? Uh, and acceptable. Definitely not acceptable. He never said it was acceptable. But uh, Jesus no. loves everybody, even sinners, right? Isn't no, not. Yeah. yeah, that's what they teach. Love the sin and the hate. Well, love the, sin, the sinner, hate the sin. Yeah. Chapter and verse, please. You will not find that statement anywhere in Scripture, folks. That's another Judeo lie. So it comes down to a question of the definition of what sin is. And this varies tremendously from person to person. Some think their sin is better than someone else's sin, and thus they justify themselves to be righteous in their own eyes. I'm just eating potato chips that contain hydrogenated oil, but you, you, you are driving 100 miles an hour against the speed limit, because we do have speed limits here in America. Okay. All right. Okay, so such people are easy to condemn other sin, other people for their sins, but never condemn themselves for their own sins. Okay, this is called hypocrisy, folks. The right. basic modern argument for homosexuality being forced for down our throats is a statement that claims this is who we are. Oh, right. No, yeah. this is. They claim that God created us this way. No, he didn't. Yeah, that's right. That's that's the lies that are, and these lies are accepted in the apostian apostian churches. This is the only sin that I know of that makes these assertions. Yeah, <laughs> right. So okay, so I'm a thief. Did God make me that way? No. 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 Sorry, folks. Yeah, but uh, homosexuals are the only ones who make this type of claim, and he's absolutely right about this, all right? That's their excuse. Oh, God made me that way. Okay. But then you have homosexuals who convert back to heterosexuality and said, I was tricked into being a homosexual, and I'm repenting of it. Yeah, yeah, you can cure it. Of course you can cure it, but that's that's illegal to do that because they want to have the sodomites everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and turn them into transgenders. I mean, that's big business, folks. <laughs> that is huge business. Yeah. 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 Uh, so that is why I'm writing about homosexuality and not about adultery today. And adultery does mixing the seed. Mixing. Right. I have never heard someone cough in adultery say this is just who I am. And you <laughs> will have to accept me this way. Right. Okay, boy, we we could get away with a lot of stuff if we assert that God made me this way. No, he gave us free will. Yes, free will. He does not make us sin. Uh, Therefore, I am not here to discuss all types of sin today. I just want to focus in on what the Bible says about homosexuality and see if we can determine if God thinks this is a sin based upon the Bible 
and not my opinion of yours. While some people like to claim that Jesus never said anything about homosexuality, they quickly forget that Jesus was God in the flesh and that he said plenty about the subject in many other parts of the Bible. Very good point. Very good point. Because in the New Testament, it says, I and the Father are one, which means we have the same essence, at the very least, same essence. But we teach the same thing. We're in total agreement with one another. Okay? So they forget about that. And you have this whole group of so-called Christians who say, we're New Testament Christians. We don't believe in that evil God, Yahweh, who wants to kill Canaanites, <laughs> right? That evil God, Yahweh, who in instructed the Israelites to kill Canaanites. They can't imagine why he would even ask that or order that. Well, read your Bible and find out. All right? Back to you, Michael. Yeah, and look in the world today. Then you know why. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Uh, while Jesus was uh, walking the face of the earth in the flesh, you will notice that one of the only things that Jesus ever confronted was religious people who thought they knew more than he did <laughs> right. and proclaimed themselves to be better than everyone else. Right. Self-righteousness still abounds today, even in the churches. We have church people protesting homosexuals and abortionists, and in doing so, they proclaim themselves to be perfect. As a result, Christians are portrayed on TV and in the news as the hate mongers. Mm. Yeah. Christians yeah. are viewed as those who are hateful toward others and intolerant towards minorities. Is this what Jesus did? Didn't Jesus tell the crowd of potential stone casters? He that is without sin cast the first stone. Okay, so he did mention sin, <laughs> right? Plenty of times. Please continue. I think you could legit legitimately change that to say. To him that is without sin, pick up your signs and posters and hold them up. Right? All you, all you pro-abortionists, all you pro-homosexuals, right? It just doesn't make much sense what people think is right to do. If you think about it, Christians should change and become more like Christ and less like those in the world. In Jesus' lessons about fishing for men, you must conclude that you never try to clean a fish until you first catch one. Too many people are trying to get clean fish first and then take them to God to be saved and this is not how it works. Yeah, cleaning fish is a dirty business. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, well, I mean, the world is full of sinners. Um, and most of them are calling themselves Christians. All right. They're not getting it. They're not getting it. They don't see that the Old Testament and the New Testament are one continuous book. And the only thing that changed is that the ritual sacrifices were done away with and don't need to be practiced anymore. That's it. That's the only change. Okay. The moral law has always stayed the same. Back to you. Yeah. Uh, what are Christians supposed to do? 
I believe that Christians should just tell the truth, and that would be a great place to start. Oh, that's dreaming, <laughs> right? Because Judeo-Christians are so uh, deluded by this world, they, they think that uh, if they just be nice, if they're just nice to people and don't complain about evil, they'll be saved. No, they should be complaining about evil. We're instructed to do that. Back to you. Yeah, that's why we're here, to make the world better. And that requires some uh, some unpleasant courage. Uh, yeah, courage. Yeah, a lot right. of courage to do. Yeah, that's right. It is. Okay. The truth is a very di- uh, difficult thing to tell people sometimes. Yeah, as we spoke about before. <laughs> right. Because it is not easily accepted by many who do not wish to hear it. No, but it doesn't change the fact. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the truth is oftentimes rejected on purpose so as to deflect blame, shame, or guilt away from their lives. Oh, and this is Adam and Eve did. Right? But a lot of people don't accept it as shameful or sinful. Okay. Oh, I'll just have a little bit of pork. <laughs> right? Well, I'll just have a little bit of usury. Calvinism. Yeah, Calvin. Calvin was yeah. a Jew. Yeah, he was. Cohen, <laughs> his real name. Yeah. yeah. While there are many who want to portray an openly gay lifestyle with open pride today, there are equally as many who are ashamed of their ways. People do not like to tell about their childhood experience where a grown-up abused them and did things to them that they should not have done. These are the areas of life that hurt people and cause emotional and psychological damage, and people think that many times they are better left unsaid and swept under the rug somewhere. Because I do not know you, I cannot speak about you, I can only tell you about my personal experience, and you, of course, can believe them or not. Um, A male family member that I know of was molested as a child by an older male relative. I know this because I was there. It was the middle of the night, and this male relative tried to molest me too. But I was too big for him, and I said, said, leave me alone. Because I did not know what to do, I did nothing to stop him from molesting this other relative's. As a result of this attack, this young male family member later turned to a homosexual lifestyle. But I know where it started and how it started, and this was not how he was born. This is rarely talked about in the world, in the news media and on television. That is unless it is committed by someone in the church. Oh! But not, but not when it's committed by a rabbi. That's no, never reported. Never. And their Talmudic okay. book is, is really... Right. Um, I'm reading this, you know, also the listeners that are reading this book by uh, Elizabeth Dilling, The Plot Against Christianity and all those rabbinical uh, texts from the Talmud. It is com- they are very sick people that write all those stuff. That's right. Very, very sick. Very sick. Uh, uh, uncompromising evil is what it is. 
Yeah, and finding ways, loopholes into the Bible on every words they can find. That's right. Yeah, the, the Talmud is a book of loopholes. Well said. That's what it is. Right. How to get out of uh, uh, pretending to be righteous while doing evil. Yeah, I mean, that's why they have the old the Old Testament and trying to wrap that out as a white sepulcher around their Talmud to cover it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Right? Yeah, I'm yeah. wearing a scroll, but underneath that scroll is pure evil. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it is run up the flagpole like, look at these people who say they're Christians, or they're just perverts who molest our children. Because people do not normally talk about these events in their young lives. Most pretend that they never happen. What mm. people do not understand is many gay men want sex with young boys, and that is why they swept under the rug and never discussed. Yeah, exactly. It is mm-hmm. a vehicle for pedophilia. Amen. We can easily understand that being a pedophile is a sin, or at the least against the law. But we ignore the bigger problem, that there is a heart issue, a mind issue, and an emotional issue that is not being addressed in the victims of these molesters. And here, against pedophilia, Jesus, Yeshua, did say something. It is better to put a... uh, 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 stone around their neck and throw them into yeah. the water than what I will do to them. A millstone right. around yeah. their head. <sighs> yeah, suffer the little children. We're not supposed to victimize little children. But the, the Talmud is full of such victimization. As it is. Three, mm-hmm. what, nine years, nine years in one day, what they say, and three years in one day on baby girls. Come on. Yeah, yeah, and say yeah. it's okay to have sex with them. Then That's you see right. why you have rampant pedophilia everywhere. It is because of the Talmud. That's right. Um, as a teenage male growing up in America in the sexual revolution 70s, I was uh, targeted by older males. Satan also attempted to get me into this lifestyle. I was picked up and did not know what was happening before it happened. These guys were were aware that I was underage and did not care. That is why they picked me to begin with. Being naive is both a blessing and a curse. You are kept from knowing what people really want. But when approached, you are easily tricked into being somewhere you should not be. Oh, isn't that what happened to Eve? Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I was um, young and naive, I was candidate and an easy target for these uh, predators. And there is also something about this: those homosexuals. They don't procreate, they recruit. Mm-hmm. Right. Just here, here. This is example of what they do. They try to recruit more people into their sick, demented orgies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how many gays are talking about this kind of behavior openly? Not any Not that any. I know of. Not any. Yep. I'm very thankful to God that these creeps, creeps, did not scare me for life. No more food metaphors, please. <laughs> creeps in English yeah. is uh, so thin pancakes. I, I, it's the same yeah. as creeps. It's the same. Yeah, right? Okay. All right. Uh, did not scare me for life or get me to change who I really am. I am also thankful to God for not allowing them to hurt me more than they did. 
People rarely talk about these uh, kinds of things. And it is very difficult for me to even admit that I was there. I could have very easily been drawn into the deception of this wrong lifestyle. I could have been deceived into believing that I was just like them. So I have given you my personal experience with this issue. Gays would like uh, would make sex with young males legal if they could get away with it. I think they have made it legal in certain countries. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to make Probably. it legal in England. They're trying to make it legal in England. Maybe even here in America too. I would venture to say that most gay men have been molested somewhere in their childhood and have been deceived into the lifestyle, but do not discuss it. Yeah, so yeah. then... and Okay. So, the title of uh, my blog is What Does God Think About Homosexuality? Just base it upon what I have written so far about my experience. What do you think that God thinks about what men do to children? Uh, right. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that's the millstone. That's the millstone. That's sure. how it all started. So that's, that's uh, yeah. Or even what uh, women do to little girls. Ooh. Do, do you do think that it is oak in the eyes okay. of God? Okay. 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 <laughs> Ah, I said, oh, it's that's yeah, right. Okay, um, please continue. Right, is this how God created people to act? No, he didn't. No, that, of course, is a very loaded set of questions. God loves everyone. Uh, no, ma, he doesn't really love everyone, so I don't know. No, he doesn't. That. No, he doesn't. Well, okay, is this how Yahweh created Eve to act? Did she commit a lust of the flesh? Or was she tricked by this lifestyle, by a representative of this lifestyle? No, she was tricked by a representative yeah. called Gadriel. Yeah. Yeah, there but, you go. Uh, but does not approve of everything that people do. It is not uh, okay to do something just because you are able to, to and you want to. There are many effects in the world that are here, not because God created them for us, but because man wanted them for their pleasure and self-indulgence. Mm-hmm. What right. does God think about homosexuality? Let's look at what God says in the Bible and just see some of the example of God's thoughts toward the subject. So then we have Romans 1 verses 26. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change their natural oh. use into that which is against nature. Oh, that's, uh, well, homosexual by women, no doubt. Uh, what do they call it? I forget. Um, lesbianism. Uh, lesbianism, that, absolutely. So, isn't, isn't Paul condemning lesbianism here? <laughs> yeah. For sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, would you, Yeshua come back? He will condemn it and he will, oh. yeah, <laughs> we, don't have, we don't have any of them left, I believe. He's going he's gonna to kick ass when he comes back. And uh, many, many of even our people who are engaged in these activities, because there's a lot of white homosexuals, a lot of white <laughs> lesbians who should know better, but have followed communism because communism preaches the same thing as Judaism, folks. 
Don't forget that. Communism and Judaism come from the same source. This is not going to be winked at by Yahweh. He's not going to wink at. He's going to slam the door in your face if you are still a sinner. Fair enough? Yes, fair yeah. enough. Okay. All right, folks. So we'll have about three minutes left, and and we'll pick this up because this is a really good article because it does refer back to Genesis 3.15, as we have shown already. All right. Thank you, Michael. Great job. Folks. Get wise, resist evil, and it will flee from you. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you, Michael. Praise out. Thank you very much. Yep. Bye-bye. Beep.